God's move in man's history prepares the way for him to carry out his economy in humanity. The intrinsic significance of the twelve historical books in the Old Testament is the revelation that God's move in man's history prepares the way for God to carry out his eternal economy by his becoming a man that man may become God in life and in nature but not in the Godhead for the producing and building up of the church as the body of Christ to consummate the new Jerusalem for his ultimate expression. Wow, what an elevated view of the historical books in the Old Testament. This week we start a new morning revival series on the topic of, Crystallization Study of 1 and 2 Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther, based on the 2022 winter training. This first week in our HWMR the topic is, God's move in man's history for the carrying out of his eternal economy. There is a human history going on outwardly, but within man's history there is God's history. The history of God in man's history is his move to carry out his eternal economy. We need to turn our heart to the Lord and have an exercised spirit so that we may see what is the intrinsic significance of these historical books. The Bible is a record not only of the history of God's people, Israel in the Old Testament and the Church in the New Testament, it is the record of two histories. First, we have the history of God, the divine history, which is the history of God's move. Then we see the human history, the history of man, in particular, we see the history of God's people. The human history is the most visible thing, and everyone who reads the Bible sees this matter. Sometimes it is easier to pay attention to the outer shell of the human history than to see the kernel of the divine history within the shell of human history. Both in the Old and in the New Testament we have the outward human history and, within this history, we see the inward divine history. In the Old Testament, in principle, what we see is God's move with man and among men, we don't see as move in man but rather, with and among man. In the New Testament, however, we see God's move in man, for He took certain steps in order for Him to come into man. Christ went through five major steps, incarnation, human living, crucifixion, resurrection, and ascension. Through these five steps, God went through a process to become a life-giving spirit so that He would be dispensed into man and have a move not only with and among man but in man. Hosea 11:4 speaks of this, Here the Lord said that He drew us with cords of a man and with bands of love. The cords of a man are the processes He went through, when we read the Gospels and see this wonderful one, we are drawn to Him and we simply open up to Him. By these five steps, the cords of a man, God moves not only outside of man or among men but even more, within man. By all these steps of Christ in His humanity, God's love and His salvation reach us in Christ. Hallelujah! May we be unveiled to see the divine history within the human history, and may we pay attention more to the kernel of the divine history rather than the outer shell of the human history. God's move in man's history prepares the way for Him to carry out His economy in humanity. If we read the books of 1 and 2 Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther, together with Joshua, Judges, Ruth, 1 and 2 Samuel, and 1 and 2 Kings, what we may realize is that God's people went through a lot of things and that God was with them all throughout. But there's a central thought in these books, and there's an intrinsic significance of these twelve historical books. Thank the Lord for the ministry of the age that opens up what is the intrinsic significance of these books, what does the Lord intend to do in these books and what is underneath the surface. What we see in these twelve historical books in the Old Testament is the revelation that God's move in man's history prepares the way for God to carry out His eternal economy by His becoming a man that man may become God in life and in nature but not in the Godhead. All this is for the producing and building up of the Church as the organic body of Christ to consummate the new Jerusalem for His ultimate expression. In the books of 1 and 2 Samuel and 1 and 2 Kings, there's the central point of view of God's chosen people, but in 1 and 2 Chronicles the central point of view is the entire race of mankind. In 1 Samuel we see the lineage from Samuel to David, but in 1 and 2 Chronicles we see the lineage beginning from Adam, including all mankind. 
we could say that the lineage in 1 and 2 Samuel corresponds to the genealogy of Christ as recorded in Matthew 1, which begins from Abraham and concludes with Christ, focusing mainly on God's chosen people. The lineage in 1 and 2 Chronicles, however, corresponds to the genealogy as recorded in Luke 3, which is broad and includes all of mankind. This is strong evidence that the coming Christ, who is the embodiment of God, is not only for the chosen race of God in the Old Testament but for the entire human race created by God. 1 and 2 Chronicles and their intrinsic significance show us God's move in man's history. God moves in man's history, He has been moving and is still moving in and through man's history. If you read the Bible and study both the Old and New Testament, including the prophecies, you will realize that God's move is in man's history for Him to carry out His economy. In the Old Testament, we see what God has been doing in order to prepare the way for Him to carry out His economy, and in the New Testament, we see the carrying out and fulfillment of His eternal economy. We must link the twelve books of history in the Old Testament to God's eternal economy, for the entire Bible speaks of this one thing, the eternal economy of God. The Bible actually tells us only one thing, from Genesis to Revelation, God's eternal economy. God's eternal economy is based upon His good pleasure, the desire of His heart, Ephesians 1 4-5, 9-10, 1 Tim. 1 3-4, 6-3. These twelve historical books were written in God's divine revelation for our admonition and enlightenment, 1 Corinthians 10:11. In 1 and 2 Chronicles in particular, the chronology we see here indicates that God's move in man's history is to prepare the way for God to carry out His eternal economy in humanity by becoming man so that man may become God in life and nature but not in the Godhead. Wow! May we open to the Lord and allow Him to enlighten us and shine upon us that we may see the intrinsic view of 1 and 2 Chronicles. May we see not only the outward human history but even more, God's move in man's history how God did many things to prepare the way for the carrying out of His eternal economy in humanity. Lord Jesus, unveil us to see the intrinsic view of Your divine revelation in the Holy Word of God. Cause us to see a vision of God's eternal economy, may such a vision direct our heart and guide us in our daily living. Oh, may we see the eternal economy of God, which is based up in His good pleasure, the desire of His heart. Thank You, Lord, for unveiling us to see what is in Your heart. Hallelujah for God's move in man's history for the carrying out of God's eternal economy in humanity. We open to your move in us, Lord. Move in our being. Make us the same as Christ in life and nature. Thank you, Lord, for becoming a man so that man would become God in life and nature but not in the Godhead. Hallelujah for God's eternal economy. Praying the prayers of the age to hasten the Lord's return which will solve all the problems of the world. The carrying out of God's eternal economy to prepare us to be His bride to bring Him back is the only way to solve the problems of today's world situation. There are many problems in today's society, and not all of them are solved by the Lord's first coming. The Lord's coming for the first time was not so that He would solve all the problems in society or in the world. He came to redeem us so that He would impart Himself as life into us for the producing of the Church as the body of Christ. The outward problems in society, the injustice, war, suffering, famine, and human government, together with all the well-known problems in society will be solved by the Lord's second coming. Today the carrying out of God's eternal economy, with the procedure of His judicial redemption and the goal of His organic salvation, to prepare us to be the bride of Christ to bring Him back is the unique way to solve the problems in today's world situation, Romans 5 10, 17, 21, 1 Tay. 5 23-24, Phil. 1 3-6. This is the desire of God's heart, and He will accomplish it. We are here for this, and we need to join ourselves to Him and pray the prayer of the age to hasten His return. Look for example at the situation in Palestine, the dispute for the land there, and who should live where and do what. Who is the rightful owner of that land, Israel or the Arab nations? The real landlord is God, 
and only he can solve the problem concerning this land. The leaders and statesmen may negotiate things, but the Lord is seated in the heavens, laughing, PSA. 2-4. When he returns, the Lord will settle this matter, for it is his business, not man's business. What is the solution to all the problems in the world today? Yes, in a sense it is Christ, but in a practical sense, it is the Lord's second coming. We need to cooperate with God's move in man's history to prepare the way for the Lord to return. When he came the first time, he solved man's biggest problems, which were all inward. When he returns again, he will solve man's problems, which are mainly outward. The Lord's second coming will resolve all the problems of the world, such as injustice, Isaiah 11:4, war, 2-4, sickness, Revelation 22-2, Ezekiel 47-12, famine, Isaiah 35-1, 6, education, 2-2-5, 4-2-6, 11-9, Habakkuk 2-14, Hebrews 8-11, PSA. 2-6, 12, sinful establishments, Matthew 13-41-43, the suffering of all creation, Romans 8 21-22, Isaiah 11 6, 9, and earthly governments, Revelation 11 15, Dan. 234 35 44-45. Look at the injustice in the world today, who can really make justice for those oppressed without taking sides with those who have money, power, and influence? Look at the wars going on today, from the war in Syria to the war in Ukraine, who can end all these wars? Look at the famine going on in so many countries in the world today, from the first world countries to third world countries, who can end famine? Look at the lack of education and inequality in the world today, who can end this? Look at the sinful establishments today which are thriving and, though illegal and immoral, go on from generation to generation, who can end all this? Look at the creation which is suffering, groaning, and in slavery until now, who can deliver it from the slavery of corruption? Look at the human governments today, some of which are democratically elected by man, who will end the human government, which does not work for the people not do they care for man. It is only the Lord's second coming. And we need to cooperate with God's move in man's history to prepare the way for him to carry out his eternal economy by becoming the same as he is in life and in nature in his organic salvation. We need to pray the prayer of the age to end this age so that Christ will return and solve all the fundamental problems in the world today. When he returns, the world will be filled with righteousness and justice. When he returns, there will be no more weapons or war. Revelation 11:15 says that one day the nations of the earth will become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. Without the Lord's second coming, salvation will not be complete. All the problems on this earth are waiting for one thing, for a good number of men to become God-men composing the bride of Christ for Christ to return and end this age. We were chosen for this by God before the foundation of the world. Ephesians 1:4. May we be those who pray the prayer of the age to cooperate with God's move in man's history, and may we remain in the process of God's organic salvation so that we may become the same as Christ in life and in nature for Him to return to rapture His bride and bring in His kingdom. Lord Jesus, we want to cooperate with the carrying out of God's eternal economy to be the bride of Christ to bring Him back. Come, Lord Jesus. We give ourselves to You for the fulfillment of Your heart's desire. Lord, we desire for You to return. We don't want to seek to solve today's world problems, we just want to enjoy you, experience you, and cooperate with you in your economy so that we would become the same as Christ in every possible way. Lord, advance in your eternal economy to prepare us to be your bride to bring you back to solve the problems of today's world situation. Hallelujah, when the Lord return, there will be no more injustice, war, sickness, famine, inequality, sinful establishments, sufferings, and human government. Come, Lord Jesus.